premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Hey folks, this is Joe Brusiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast and our Thursday night Bible study. Now, folks, for the past several Thursday nights, we've been working through 2 Timothy chapter 2, and tonight we're going to pick it up in verse number 14, and we're going to see just how far we can get. But before we get into the study for tonight, I'm going to ask you to do two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And then head over to our contact section, open up that little web form, and why don't you send me over a message? Let me know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have, and also your prayer requests. I really do look forward to getting your prayer requests, folks, so please send them on over. I enjoy spending that private time I have with the Lord, going over those prayers uh, privately, and then, of course, bringing them before the uh, SOTS podcast family as uh, as we go through our prayer section uh, later on in the show. So, folks, uh, just send them on over. We look forward to getting them. But, of course, if you don't like to use the web form, that's fine by me. You can always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And also, while you're on the website, would you please look for that Support This Podcast button? And when you find it, would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? Folks, you can set it up for just $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. And I know the economy's tight. I know it's expensive out there right now. Uh, the cost of everything is through the roof. Uh, but if you can't do a monthly contribution, you can also do a one-time contribution. And you can do that by clicking on the Waygiver button, which is on our website as well. So why don't you pray about it? And if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts and these live shows have been a blessing to you in any way, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, folks, first and foremost, I, I always like to thank the Lord Jesus Christ, first of all, for saving me, for rescuing me out of the pit of hell. And I also want to say thank you to the Lord for giving me the opportunity to serve him and for allowing me to do this. Doing this is such an incredible blessing for me. I am so very thankful for all of the contact that I've received uh, from the folks that listen. Uh, I am so thankful for the little notes and the, and the uh, uh, little 
little bits of encouragement that I get from the folks listening. So thank you so much. And the only reason why I get that is because the Lord Jesus Christ has allowed that to happen. So I want to say thank you, of course, to the Lord, first of all, again, for saving me. Second of all, for allowing me to do this, to host this podcast, to, uh, to open up the Word of God and share this time with you. And uh, it's, I hope it's been a blessing for you. It certainly has been a tremendous blessing for me. I also want to say thank you to uh, all of you who support us prayerfully. Uh, your prayers and your, your words of encouragement are such a blessing to me. Thank you so very, very much for that. And please continue to pray for me. Please continue to pray for my family. Please continue to pray for this ministry. And uh, pray, look, pray that the Lord will open up an opportunity for us to uh, expand our outreach, to, uh, to get more folks that would be able to, uh, to uh, contribute to the show. And, uh, you know, the Lord can do that if we're uh, diligent in our prayers. So thank you, folks, for praying for us. Also, I want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. Your contributions have gone a tremendous, lo- tremendously long way in uh, helping us to grow this podcast, grow our listening base, and uh, purchase materials that we can give away. And uh, we are so very, very close to getting those cases of Bibles that we want. We just need two more people to support us with a monthly contribution of four ninety nine or more. And uh, we'll be right there. We'll be able to get this thing rolling any day now, any day. And uh, now, folks, I also want to say thank you to every single one of you that listen in faithfully to every show, every episode that we put out. Thank you so very much. God bless you for it. It's because of you that we are ranked the number one podcast on four categories on the Good Pods platform. Thank you so very much for that. Thank you for all the plays and downloads we had. We are at 3,904 plays and downloads, which is an incredible, incredible accomplishment so far. And I am really looking forward to hitting that 4,000 mark. And uh, it's right around the corner, hopefully with this episode, this podcast tonight. We'll push it over that 4,000 mark. Well, thank you again, folks, for listening and tuning in faithfully to everything that we put out there. God bless you for it, and please continue to do so. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, would you please consider visiting us at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is head over to Facebook, uh, log in there, look for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and then once you find us, you'll find a lot of really helpful information, and you'll also find episodes of this podcast. But folks, wherever you're listening, Wherever it is that you're listening, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way you can help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's really important to share it now, folks. Very, very important. The days are drawing to an end. We are very close to the rapture of the church. I personally believe that the rapture is going to take place uh, in the springtime of this year. I can't prove that. I can't say it for sure it's going to happen, but that's, um, that's my conviction. I think it is going to happen. 
And, uh, and I'm going to tell you, I have nothing that is so important for me to do that I would want to miss the rapture of the church. So how do you not miss the rapture of the church? Well, you need to get saved. You need to get saved. That's as simple as I can put it. You need to put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the finished work and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only way to get saved. Muhammad can't save you. Buddha can't save you. Uh, the pantheon of the Hindu, Hindu gods can't save you. Uh, there is nothing and no one in this. Mary can't save you. The Pope can't save you. There is nothing and no one that can save you. The only thing that saves you is putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ, his shed blood, and the work he did for you on the cross to Calvary. And all you need to do is just acknowledge it. Just confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, and thou shalt be saved. That's all it takes. That's all it takes, folks. That's it. So what are you waiting for? What's holding you back? What's more important than spending eternity in heaven? I can't think of anything. So, folks, why don't tonight be the night that you settle the sin question once and for all and you ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you, to wash you with his shed blood, and to save you? You can do it. It's very simple. All right, folks, now uh, let's see. Don't forget our Sermon Sunday broadcast coming up at 3 p.m. Central Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I am really excited about this coming Sunday's broadcast because it'll be the first Missionary Sunday of the, of this new year. And uh, we are really excited. about. It. Well, I should back it up and say the first Missionary Sunday we've ever done. <laughs> so... Uh, it's, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I think that uh, it's going to be a blessing to you to, uh, to hear uh, what missionaries are doing out in the field directly from the missionaries through their prayer letters, talk about their ministry a little bit, and uh, Lord willing, if we're able to do so, we're going to divert a small portion of our monthly support this month to that particular missionary and his family and for the service that they're, they're doing for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, folks, if you are interested in prepping or becoming a prepper, I'd like to recommend the Contra Radio Network. You can find them at www.crn.best. Well, what is the Contra Radio Network? Well, the Contra Radio Network is a podcast and a vidcast uh, for uh, listeners and supporters of the Contra Radio Network, focusing on the issues and the concerns of discerning preppers and patriots. Uh, really good Really good network, folks. Really good programs on there. I particularly enjoy their political podcasts. I think you should check them out. Uh, I've learned a tremendous amount from their prepping and their prepper uh, podcast and vidcast. You really do need to check it out. Uh, I've learned quite a bit about it, and uh, it has motivated me to uh, pay a little more attention to those things and stock up on supplies and keep things on hand because the way the things are moving in the world today you don't know when you're going to need it. And it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Right? Makes sense? Sure does. So the Contra Radio Network at crn.best. And uh, also you'll find our shows on crn.best as we are a proud partner with the Contra Radio Network. 
and you will hear every episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast available on that network as well. And I want to say thank you to the folks on the Contra Radio Network that uh, have been listening. Uh, the our plays and our play counts have been fantastic, and I really do appreciate that. Thank you, and God bless you. But folks, if you are listening on the Contra Radio Network, why don't you send me a note and let me know? Uh, I'd be happy to hear from you guys. All right, you can do that by visiting our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and clicking on the contact section, or you can email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Now, folks, don't forget to sign up for our programming announcements uh, newsletter, uh, and you do that by uh, filling out the little subscription box that's on our website, and uh, that will get you on our mailing list. And anytime there's any kind of a change to the, to the, uh, to the programming of this, of this show, whether it's a time change or, or a guest change, a day change, uh, whatever it might be, uh, you want to be in the know. You don't want to miss a single episode. I don't want you to miss a single episode. So uh, fill out that subscription box for the programming announcements and get on that list. All right, folks, uh, let's see. Uh, while you're on our website, head over to our sword, sword Swag section. And when you get over there, you're going to find uh, these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs, which I'm drinking from right now. Mm. And uh, you'll also find our Sword of the Spirit podcast T-shirts. Now, if you want a coffee mug, that's going to set you back for a $25 donation. And uh, if you want the T-shirt, That'll set you back for a $35 donation. Uh, they're really great stuff. I love the cups. I love the T-shirts. I'm wearing my T-shirt right now. I'm drinking from my cup right now. And I think that you should get one too. So visit the Sword Swag section on our website and get yourself, get your family, some of these really nice products. All right. What else do we have as far as announcements go? Let's see. We got that. We got that. I think we got all of our announcements covered. We already spoke about the Missionary of the Month. And, um, okay, that's great. All right, folks, so what we're going to do here is we're going to take our first break. And when we come back from the break, we're going to uh, jump into our prayer list for tonight. And then followed by our Bible study in Second Timothy chapter 2. All right, so, folks, stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. And don't forget to give us that five-star review on the apps that you can do that on, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods. Uh, and I'm sure there are others, too. I just don't know them all. Okay? All right, folks. Uh, we'll be right back after this. Don't go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening! Search with all your heart. 
shall find me if you search with all your heart. When you seek me, you shall find me if you search with all your heart. When you seek me, you shall find me. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and uh, we are just about to get into our prayer requests. Now, this is Thursday night. Uh, we don't go through the whole list on our Thursday night broadcast. Uh, we want to get right into the Word of God. Uh, so uh, on our prayer list for tonight, we are still praying for uh, salvation uh, for my mom, Diane, my sister, Laura, uh, David up in New York City, and Furman. And uh, going down into, well, how about this? Let's pray for those that are in need of salvation. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for uh, all the mercy, the grace, and the love that you have poured out to us through your precious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Father, tonight uh, we're thinking about those that we've mentioned that are in need of salvation. Lord, salvation is the most important decision any person can make in their lifetime because it has eternal consequences. If we're not saved, we face an eternity in a burning hell. And Lord, we know that like a lot of people have said over the years to me, and I've heard it said to others as well, that they wouldn't mind going to hell because that's where the fun's going to be. That's where the party is going to be going on. They'll be down there with their drinking buddies, their smoking buddies. And Lord, it's going to be very much the opposite of that. So Father God, we pray for those that are on our list for salvation. Lord, we pray that you would touch them, that you would draw them to yourself. Father God, we pray that you would raise up someone that could lead them to Jesus Christ. And Father, that you would impress upon them that important need and that that their need to uh, resolve that problem, to resolve that sin problem in their life, to resolve that need for salvation. So, Father God, we just lift up my mom, Diane, my sister, Laura, David, and Fairman. Lord, we just pray that you would touch each one of them in that special way and draw them to yourself that they might be saved. Let those words of confession of Jesus Christ pour from their lips. And, Father, we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, and uh, going down through our sick list, uh, as always, we pray for uh, Pastor Martin uh, for uh, his, uh, his, his heart condition, uh, for his blood pressure, for the eczema, uh, his vision problem, and uh, for just the overall feeling of weakness that he's been experiencing. Pastor Martin, for those of you who are new and may not know, Pastor Martin is 89 years old. Uh, he is a, he's retired from the uh, pulpit, but he still is out there serving the Lord because you never leave the Lord's service. You may retire from the physical job of it, you know, the standing behind the pulpit, uh, but you never really leave the Lord's service. Pastor Martin at, at 89, with all of the health concerns that he has, still goes out street preaching once a week. It's, it's incredible. And it's a shame for the rest of us that profess to love the Lord, to serve the Lord, and we don't do half of what Pastor Martin does at 89. So we want to pray for him. We want to pray for his health. We're also praying for Mary Perez for, uh, uh, with cancer. Uh, we're praying for mo- my mom, Diane, with uh, COPD and other health concerns. Uh, Laura, my sister, for a slipped disc in her back, and uh, she should be getting her MRI results any day now, so as soon as we get those, we'll uh, pass those on. Uh, we're still praying for uh, Sister Bernice in our church, uh, who has uh, been battling cancer uh, for some time now, and we pray for her. We pray for uh, the uh, treatments that she's undergoing. Uh, Lord, we're also praying for Alan, uh, who is uh, dealing with prostate cancer, and he has his surgery scheduled for next week, January 17th. So we want to pray for him. And, of course, that the surgeons would, uh, would be able to remove the cancer with minimal, minimal uh, side effect. We're also praying for Janae, uh, who has a, a condition in her heart as well. 
Fairman, who's uh, battling cancer in the hospital. We're also praying for Sharon Baldino, uh, who's dealing with cancer as well. And uh, we're also going to be praying for Bernard Maurer, uh, who is dealing with some back pain. Some of you might remember, if you've been listening for a while, that we had uh, Bernard on, the, on our prayer list um, prior to him going in for back surgery. The surgery went well. However, the implant that they that they used is causing him some problem and some additional pain. So uh, we're going to pray for him as well. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much, Lord, that you are the great physician. We want to thank you, Father God, that uh, because of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, we could approach your throne boldly. And Lord, we could lay these petitions before you. And Father, we pray for those in our sick list tonight. We pray for Pastor Martin, Mary Perez, my mom, Diane, my sister, Laura, Bernice, Alan, Janae, Fairman, Sharon, and uh, Bernard, Lord, each one of them with a very specific need and concern in their physical health. And Lord, we pray that uh, that you would not only work and bring healing to their bodies physically, but for those that are on that list that might not be saved, Lord, we pray that you would save them as well, first and foremost. So Father God, we thank you again for answered prayer. We thank you, Lord, that uh, uh, that we can come before the throne of grace and we can lay these petitions before you today. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, uh, let's see. We're also praying here for uh, Jude, my brother-in-law, who is a contractor up in New York City. Uh, we're praying for Robert C. Robert is a uh, National Guardsman serving on the border here down in Eagle Pass, and he's been a very good witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're also praying for all of the Border Patrol officers and agents that are working down around the borders, the National Guard and local law enforcement that are also assisting with work on the border. Uh, we want to pray for them and their protection, their safety as they perform the work that God has called them to do. We're also going to pray for our, all of our local, state, and federally elected officials, uh, those that have been chosen to represent us at the state house, at the federal house, and we want to pray for uh, for them that they would have wisdom as they uh, make the decisions that affect us every day. We're also praying tonight for uh, for Angel in her pregnancy. We're praying for her husband Alex as well. We're praying for Adam, Bernice's husband. We're praying for Isabella for her walk with the Lord. Jessica with her walk with the Lord. Alex Herrera for his uh, his job situation and his financial situation and caring for his dad Furman. Uh, we're also praying for Yulisa, who's going through a family uh, uh, difficulty at this time, and uh, we just pray that you would just give them clarity. We're also praying uh, for Yulisa, uh, as she informed us today, that uh, she became an, an aunt for the first time, and she's very happy and very excited about that. So we want to pray for Yulisa and her family as well, uh, that the Lord would just bless them with this new baby. We're also praying for Jerry and Rebecca, who are enrolled in a Border Patrol program down in New Mexico, or over in New Mexico. And uh, uh, so we're going to pray for them uh, and their time there. And we're also praying for Philip, who is uh, traveling back to Bible school. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for answered prayer. We want to thank you, Lord, that that, uh, we can come before the throne of grace, and Lord, we can lay these petitions out before you. So tonight, Father God... We want to pray for Jude, uh, for his business up in New York City, Robert working down on the border, uh, all of our Border Patrol officers and agents, National Guard and law enforcement that are working on the border, 
Uh, we're praying for all of our uh, local, state, and federally elected representatives serving in the state house and in the uh, federal house in Washington, D.C. We pray, Lord, that uh, you would uh, just raise up wise men and women around them and uh, direct them to the Word of God so that they can make better decisions that affect us every day. Father, we're also lifting up Angel and her pregnancy. Father, we're thankful for them and uh, for Angel and her husband, Alex, that uh, are part of our church family, and we, we, we we're so excited for them as newlyweds uh, with their first baby on the way. Lord, we pray that it would be a, uh, a, a healthy, beautiful little baby, and Lord, we'll be thankful for that. Father God, we also pray for Isabella for her walk, uh, with you, Lord, we pray for Jessica for her walk with you as well. We pray that you would guide their steps and use them in a, in, a, in a great and powerful way among their colleagues and their peers. Father, we pray for Alex Herrera for his job and financial situation and caring for his dad, uh, Furman, while he's in the hospital. We're praying for Yulisa and this uh, family difficulty she's going through, and we are very thankful, Lord, that uh, you brought some joy and some happiness to their family. Uh, with the arrival of her little niece, so we're, we're our nephew. I'm sorry, and we're very excited for her, and we're very thankful for that. Father, we also want to pray for Jerry and Rebecca, who are currently in a border patrol training program in New Mexico. We pray, Lord, that you would protect them and uh, keep them safe, and then whatever assignments they get upon completion of their training, Lord, we just pray that you would use them in a great and mighty way for the cross, and uh, and and you would protect them and hedge them about. Uh, as they serve. And then, Lord, we also want to pray for Philip, who's traveling back to Bible school. Lord, we want to thank you for him and for his heart to serve you and and to seek you uh, through diligent study. And, Lord, we just want to uh, just pray for uh, his safe travel uh, back to school, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Heavenly Father, we also want to pray for uh, all of the unspoken prayers of our hearts, Lord. Those are the prayers, Lord, that uh, sometimes it's just too hard to express in words, uh, or sometimes it's just better that, uh, that uh, it's between uh, that person and uh, you personally. And, uh, Lord, you know that you already know what these needs are, and, Lord, you are more than prepared and, and able and willing to, uh, to respond to our prayers. So, Father, we, uh, we want to pray for uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, Mike Elizalde, and myself uh, for... Uh, our, our our unspoken prayer requests. So, Father God, we lay those before you, and Father, we just pray that you would answer those prayers according to your perfect will, whether it's yes, no, or not now. Lord, help us to um, accept whatever that decision is and whatever that answer is to our prayer. And Lord, please let it be according to your perfect will and for your glory and for your honor and for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's in his name that we do pray. Amen. All right, folks, if you have any prayer requests, uh, please feel free to email them to me. You can do that by going on our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and filling out the web form, or you can email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. All right, so we don't have any listener questions for today, no birthdays that I know of. Uh, if there's anybody uh, over in the chat group with any kind of uh, prayer request or announcement or any information they want to pass on, now's the time to do it. While we get set up to uh, head out to our, uh, our next break for this, uh, for this evening, and that'll give you a chance to uh, 
get yourself your King James Bible, grab yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a bottle of water, and when we come back, we're going to be getting into today's Bible study in 2 Timothy chapter number 2. We'll be right back after this. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. 
It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. And yes, it is. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast, folks. This is Joe Russiello. Uh, Don't forget, uh, like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Give us that five-star review if you feel we deserve it, and we would appreciate that and be very, very, very thankful for it. Now, uh, one of the things I didn't mention is I want to apologize for uh, getting a late start on uh, today's show. Uh, Some things in my... uh, and my everyday job uh, delayed me in uh, getting into the uh, into the studio here and and uh, getting ready to do the show. So uh, again, I apologize for that, and uh, thank you for tuning in and for listening. And uh, for those of you that are listening live, um, again, apologize. Uh, for those of you listening as a podcast, well, it doesn't really affect you, does it? <laughs> so, uh, but we're good. All right, folks. Second uh, Timothy is where we're at. We are studying Second Timothy, Second Timothy, chapter number two. So, uh, if you have your Bible, why don't we head over there, Second Timothy, chapter two? All right. Okay. Second Timothy, chapter two. Are you there? All right. Let's pray. Father, would you add your blessings to the study of your Word tonight? We emphasize study because that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Study the Word of God. Lord, help us to uh, be faithful in our study. Help us to be faithful in our uh, application. And help us to be faithful in our observations in this, your holy book. And we'll thank you for it. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to pick it up in verse number 14. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. So put these things in remembrance. Well, what things? Put these things in remembrance. So there are some things you need to remember and some things you need to forget. Actually, just a, uh, I was thinking about a sermon along those lines uh, just the other day. You know, uh, you know, things that need to be forgotten and things that need to be remembered. Because do you remember when we studied on uh, New Year's Day, we were talking about God's plan for a new start, God's, God's version of a, uh, a New Year's resolution. And one of the things was putting those things which are behind us. So some things need to be forgotten. Now, some people say, you know, I have a lot of skeletons in my closet. Well, forget them. Bury them. You know, understand that the blood of Jesus Christ covers those things. But, of course, there are some things that need to be remembered as well. And, well, what are they? Well, if we just kind of work backward, we'll be reminded of several of those things. For example, if you look at verse 13, if we believe not, Yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Don't forget that. Remember that God remains faithful. Your salvation is not dependent upon your faithfulness. And God help us all if it was. 
it's dependent on his faithfulness, not yours. If it was dependent on my faithfulness, I'd just say, okay, God, I give up. Just send me straight to hell right now. Get it over with. But thank God, thank God that he abideth faithfully. What about verse 12? If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. There's a possibility and a probability and a promise of reigning contingent upon suffering. And we examined how even a modern-day Christian that's you know not a Siberian gulag can still suffer. It may not be physical suffering, but there is suffering available. Verse 11, it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. I mean, these are all positive things. These are all wonderful promises. We shall live with him. Put it in remembrance. Don't forget it. All right, what else? Verse 10. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sakes, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Our enduring uh, works towards someone else's salvation. You know, you can make a solid contribution a lot of times, you know, towards someone else's salvation, whether you personally win them to Christ or not. If you're contributing, having a positive influence in their life, in convincing them of the validity of the Word of God, inviting them to church, and, and you know, you can go on and on and on. Enduring works towards someone else's salvation. Verse 9. Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. So the word of God isn't bound. It has no limits. You can't tie this book up and restrain it. It's a living, breathing document. It is not a dead book. Do you know why there are, there's, there's more copies of this printed than any other book in the world? Do you know why? Because it's alive. That's why. It can't be ignored. It can't be bound. All right, verse, uh, verse 8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Keep that in remembrance. Don't forget it. Verse 7. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. The Lord gives understanding. And thank God for that. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. So it's the Lord that gives understanding and wisdom. Verse 6. The husbandman that laboreth must, be, must be first partaker of the fruits. So, um, a faithful Christian will be a partaker of the fruit. And then finally, you get back to uh, verses 1 through 3. You know, you get endure hardness, endure hardness as a good soldier, etc., etc., etc. And it goes on, all right? In verse 5, you get strive lawfully. Strive lawfully. So after 13 verses of Paul listing one thing after another thing, 
He says, put these things in remembrance. Don't forget them. You know, the problem with people today is when they get knocked around by the devil, it's because they've forgotten some very critical things. All right now, so verse 14 again. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers, charging them before the Lord. Now charge, uh, in the context here, means to um, exhort or to encourage with all authority. The charging is the alternative to striving about words to no profit. Striving about words to no profit. How many times have we encountered that? How many? That's, that's a cultish mentality and activity. Striving about words of no profit. I mean, how many times have uh, the JWs come to your door and tried to convince you that hell doesn't really mean hell? You know what I'm saying? Hell doesn't really mean hell. Well, it does. <laughs> hell means hell. Amen? And if hell doesn't mean hell, then why do so many people use it in their regular daily vocabulary? I mean, it's really a very popular word. <laughs> I think damn and hell are, are two of the most popular words in the American vocabulary. And so that needs to be pointed out. It, it sure is popular for something that doesn't exist, right? But one of the grand things, one of the great things about accepting this book as the Word of God, believing it, acting upon it, is you don't generally get caught up in striving about words to no profit. You know, you, you pack your old King James Bible around. You know, you're not trying to impress anyone. You know, it's like the folks that attend Bible studies and, and bring their, their Greek lexicon to the Bible study. I mean, what's that all about? Right? What's that all about? And inevitably, the people that do that have no idea how many Greek New Testaments there are, there are out there. They have no idea which one comes from the good lines of the Greek versus the bad lines of the Greek. They know nothing about the Alexandrian lines of manuscripts versus the Byzantine lines of manuscripts. But man, they are out there and they're packing that big old lexicon around just to impress folks. That's striving about words to no profit. I mean, if God wanted you to speak and read Greek, he probably would have made you a Greek, right? I mean, did you ever think about that? It's common sense, right? Now, you see, I, I, I kind of get up on a soapbox and criticize that a little bit, and it's not because I haven't taken it, okay? I have. I've studied some Greek, all right? I've, I've studied some Hebrew. I've even studied some Latin, but you know what I read? I read my good old English Bible. Do you know why I read my English Bible? Because I speak English. And the people I preach to and teach speak English. Now, if I was a missionary to Greece, I'd probably have to get serious about my Greek, but I'm not. I speak English. You mostly, most, of, most of you speak English. I mean, do you suppose that God is big enough, you know, large enough, wise enough to preserve a book in the language that's recognized in our day and age as the universal language of the world? When you go to China, when you go to China, do you know what the Chinese are clamoring to learn? It's not Greek. 
It's not Hebrew. It's not Latin. You know, you can't go to China and say I'm a missionary, right? You know, they, they, don't, they won't let you in. I mean, forget it. Really, you're not going to get in there. But what they do is, what they do is, they go in there to teach English. The Chinese communist government provides them with a furnished apartment, utilities paid, and a stipend of a few hundred dollars a month just to come and teach English. Now, keep in mind, folks, they're not stupid. They, they know that these people are also witnessing to them and sometimes using an English Bible to teach them English. But the communist government is willing to put up with all that just so their people can learn English. They're not dumb. They, they know what's going on out there. But there is such a, such a demand, there is such a cry, such a calling out for English. And do you suppose, you know, give or, take a few, give or take a million years ago, God knew that English would be the universal language of the latter days? Do you suppose that God knew that? Do you think there's a, a slim chance that maybe he knew that? So English is the language of the day. This is the high watermark. This is the barometer right there. This is what you check everything else against and compare it to. If you want an accurate translation in any other language, do you know what people who do that kind of work, including Wycliffe are discovering? You translate it from this book. You translate it from this book. You know, people say... and. I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox in a second, okay? Uh, you know, you've heard preachers on the radio. You've heard preachers on television. Maybe even your own preacher in your church say, in the original Greek, we see that. You know, what they're trying to do, they're trying to chump, trump the English with the Greek. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to trump the English with the Greek. Now, I'm going to give you a simple a simple formula for understanding why that's incorrect. Okay? Get a Greek dictionary and lay it on the table. Get an English dictionary and lay it on the table next to it and tell me which one is bigger. The English dictionary is about twice as thick as a Greek dictionary. I mean, to me, that's pretty simple, folks. That tells me there are twice as many words available in English as there are in Greek. Now, there's another evidence of that. Now, in your King James Bible, and folks, this is the only Bible that does this. This is the only Bible, the only English Bible that does this. If you'll read that thing, you'll occasionally notice italicized words in there. Did you ever notice that? Do you know what those italicized words mean? It means that it's an honest translation. You don't have italicized words in the RV, the ASV, the NIV, and all the rest of them. The King James Bible is honest. And do you know what they're telling you? When it's an italicized word, they're telling you that this word does not exist in the Greek. So it was inserted to make sense out of the sentence. Well, if the word doesn't exist in the Greek, I guess what you have in front of you in your good old English King James Bible, I guess what you have is a superior translation. And you do. You do. Now that's, I know that's pretty far out. I know. 
But you always have these kinds of people that try to impress you with some, you know, higher echelon of information, you know, intellectualism or, or knowledge. I mean, man, forget all that stuff. Stick with this book and don't worry about, def- about defending it. Just declare it. The greatest evangelists in American history, and even f- you know, far preceding them, you know, go back to Billy Sunday, go back to D.L. Moody, all the way back to George Whitfield, and every one of them in between. What were they all packing? They were all packing this Bible right here, this one right here. They didn't spend five minutes defending it. They just spent all their time preaching it. Now, if I have, if, if a guy breaks into my house, he's going to be in serious trouble when I point my judge at him. And I don't know if you know what a judge is, but a judge is a handgun, okay? A guy breaks in, and I point that thing at him, and I tell him to stop right there, and he looks at it and says, well, I don't believe that's a judge at all. I don't believe it. Well, it doesn't matter whether he believes it or not. When I squeeze that trigger, it's all over. It doesn't matter if that guy says, well, I just don't, you know, that's just a book of myths written by men. It doesn't matter what the guy believes. Don't underestimate its effectiveness. It'll do the job. Now, if you've done a lot of research into testimonies of people that have, you know, they've gotten saved, it's not unusual to find a testimony that goes something like this. You know, I didn't really believe the Bible. I didn't know much about the Bible. Didn't care about the Bible. But when I was exposed to the Bible, the words began to weigh heavy on me, my mind and my heart, and began to convince me of my sinnership and need of salvation. It's not the preacher's word. It's the word of God. That's why we constantly refer people back to the book charging them before the Lord, you know, forget all this business about words of no profit, but to subverting the hearers. You know, it gets the hearers off track, out of whack, you see? All right, so then verse 15. Verse 15. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. Verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, if you don't know where this verse is, you need to memorize this verse. Underline this verse. Write it in the flyleaf of your Bible. And sometime, when you need it, you'll be able to pull it out just that quick. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, there are several things in that verse that we need to pay attention to. Study, study, study. Study to show thyself approved unto God. So the first thing that study does is render you in a position of approval in the sight of God. That's pretty important, don't you think? I'd say that's critical. Then he goes on to say, a workman. Do you know what real study is? Real study is work. That's that's what that is. It's work. If you're going to study, study, study something... It's just work. I mean, there's times when I sit at my desk for several hours and I finally say, man, this is hard work. i got to do something else for a little while. I have to do something physical. You know, it's serious work if you're seriously studying. Do you remember back when you were in school? 
Study was required if you were going to make it, wasn't it? If you were going to pass that test, you had to study for it. And if you didn't study, either you were exceptionally smart or you just didn't care. You know, when I was in college, some of my friends would have these all-night study groups, you know, up all night, studying, comparing notes, talking. Man, I couldn't handle that. I really couldn't. I went to bed. I didn't want to try to study around all that noise. I, I wouldn't get anything out of it. So what I would do is I would get up at 5 when it was dead quiet and study because I had to study to make it. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman. It's work that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See that? That needeth not to be ashamed. Now here's the problem. And in a minute, we're going to look at some examples. But, you know, the devil is smarter than you and I. The Bible says that he's wiser than Daniel. He's more subtle than any beast of the field that the Lord God hath made. And the devil knows he can utilize certain people to throw questions and difficulties at you that you'll not be able to answer, that, and, and you're going to look stupid, <laughs> and unfortunately, you're going to make the Bible look like a myth if you can't answer those questions. And so you're ashamed. God says, study so you won't be ashamed. You'll always have an answer for the hope that lies within you, the Word of God says. So study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now one of the great difficulties that you find in the Bible, and it doesn't have to be, it just is, is the failure of people to understand that the Bible divides itself. The Bible divides itself. If that, if that wasn't true, why is that verse there? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Well, we call that dividing. We call that dividing dispensations. It's a Bible word, and you can find it over in Ephesians chapter 3, dispensations. Now, to recognize the dispensations and to recognize that God has a different economy as far as he's working with mankind in each one of these those dispensations, it's critical. Because if you don't get that, if you don't make those divisions, then the Bible becomes a very slippery slope. And you can make it mean anything you want it to mean. Anything you want it to mean. So let's consider for just a little bit why it's important to study the Bible. Well, it's important to study the Bible, among other things, uh, because you need answers for doctrinal discrepancies. Now, folks, there are, there are so-called discrepancies in this book. I know that might come as a shock, right? And I, I guess that in one way you're fortunate in the society that you live in today that people are so ignorant of the Bible that they know nothing, they know nothing of these discrepancies. They don't know where they are. They don't know anything about them. But I, I know where they are. And the devil knows where they are better than I do. So if he could find a little minion here and there to, to, to throw these things at you, you you're going to be ashamed. You know, you, you're going to come up, you're going to be ashamed, and you're going to come up with an answer. 
So one of the reasons we study is to deal with some of the so-called discrepancies. And we're going to take a look at a couple of those discrepancies as an example when we come back from this break. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. My name is Joe Rusiello. We are studying 2 Timothy chapter number 2. Like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Hit that five-star review, and we'll be right back after this. Don't go away. Thank you. 
Amen. Yours is the kingdom forever and ever. Amen, amen, and amen to that. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and we, are been, we have been studying 2 Timothy chapter 2. This is part 5 of our study of 2 Timothy chapter 2. And uh, we've been talking about studying. Study, study, study. And uh, we come to a point where uh, we were going to look at a couple of examples of so-called discrepancies that folks seem to find in the Word of God. Uh, So the first one we're going to look at has to do with the attributes of God. Now, the the attributes of God, the basis of theology, Theology 101, you know, before you go any further than that, the necessary thing to study are the attributes of God. Any theology class I've ever sat in, any theology class I've ever taught, that's the first thing that gets hit. That's a foundation stone. All right, let's look. Uh, The first one we're going to look at is the omnipotence of God. And what exactly is the omnipotence of God? Well, the omnipotence of God is God's ability to do anything he wants at any time he wants. He is all-powerful. Look with me over in Jeremiah chapter 32. I'm just going to give you an example of of that here, okay? Uh, Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah 32 and verse number 27. Jeremiah 32, 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? I mean, obviously, the implied answer is no. There isn't anything too hard for God. Pundits over the years have you know, utilized the, this very idea to throw critical stones at you as a believer in the Bible. And here it is. Can God make a rock so big that he can't move it? Have you ever heard that one before? Can God make a rock so big that he can't move it? Well, that stumped a lot of people, believe it or not. The implied answer is, obviously, is there anything too hard for me? Well, no, there isn't. God can do anything. Nothing is impossible with God. Let's go over to Judges chapter 1. Judges chapter 1, and we're going to examine what might be, or what appears to be, a contradiction. Judges chapter 1, verse 19. And the Lord was with Judah, and he drave out the inhabitants of the mountain but could not drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron. All right, do you see the problem here? Well, it kind of seems to suggest that God was powerful enough to allow Judah to drive the enemies out of the mountains, but he couldn't lend them enough power to drive the inhabitants out of the valley because they had chariots of iron. Therefore, the chariots of iron were more powerful than God. So on one hand, Jeremiah says, is there anything too hard for God? Well, evidently there is, right? Chariots of iron. But how do you reconcile that? How do you do that? You see, you see, it's dealing with the omnipotence of God. How do you deal with that? How are we going to make that work? Or do we have a contradiction? Well, the human element was factored in here, wasn't it? It was Judah that couldn't do it. God was certainly 
willing and capable of allowing Judah to do it, right? Helping Judah to do it. But we've got a problem here because of Judah. You see, just at first glance, it's, it, it's it, how do you reconcile that? Of course, there's other verses to help you. Look at the, let's look at the omniscience of God. Let's look at the omniscience of God. Psalm 139. Psalm 139. Now, the omniscience of God, as opposed to the omnipotence, omnipotence is defined as all-powerful. Omniscience is all-knowing. All-knowing, all-understanding. Psalm 139, verse 2. Thou knowest my downsitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassed my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. So wouldn't you assume from reading those verses that God is suggesting to us there's nothing he doesn't know? There's nothing he doesn't know in in this context about you, about me, and about us. All right, let's go to Genesis 22. Genesis 22, in, in this notable chapter in your Bible, we have the story of Abraham taking Isaac up on the mountain to sacrifice him in obedience to the commandment of God. In verse 12, And he, that's the angel of the Lord, in verse 11, And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Well, didn't God know that beforehand? Didn't he know that? So why is he suggesting, you know, now I see you willing to follow through with this sacrifice. Now, now I know that you feel the Lord and you know, you're willing to do whatever the Lord says. But wait a minute. If God is omniscient, didn't he know a thousand years before that, a million years before that? Well, how do you work that out? You ponder that. You think about that. I'm not going to give you all the answers, okay? You have to think about that. Let's go to Luke 22. Luke 22 and verse 36. Luke 22, verse 36. Then he said unto him, unto them, But now he that hath a purse, let him take it, and likewise his scrip. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Okay, so the Lord Jesus said you ought to have a weapon in this verse. It's legitimate, authorized by him to go packing. Let's go back up to Matthew 26 and verse 52. Matthew 26, verse 52. Well, let, actually, let's begin in verse 51. Matthew 26, 51. And behold, one of them which were, which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priests and smoke, smote off his ear. Now, in another gospel, we find out who the smiter was. You, do you know who the smiter was? Peter. Good old spontaneous Peter. The same Peter that decided to jump out of the boat and walk on the water. Impetuous Peter. Here he is, right, right, right here. Now, I've heard it preached. And maybe it's true. I can't prove it. But some, some preachers have said, you know, maybe in jest. The problem with Peter was 
he was just a bad shot. That he was he, he was actually aiming at the guy. He wasn't aiming at the guy's ear. He was trying to take his head off. But you know, whatever the case, he took the man's ear off. Uh, verse fifty-two. Then Jesus said unto him, Put up again thy sword into its place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. So this appears to be these two verses in direct conflict with each other, don't they? Now, interestingly, there are some things you need to observe. Jesus said, put your sword up. He didn't say, put your sword down. He didn't say, throw your sword in the lake. He didn't say, go sell your sword. He said, put your sword up. Now, the reason it's obviously, is, is obviously understood, and, and I'm shooting from the hip here, okay? Go to John chapter 18. John chapter 18. All of these things, folks, can be reconciled. Some are more difficult than others, but they can all be reconciled, every single one of them. All right, John chapter 18. And uh, here is uh, Jesus is standing before a pilot, all right, okay, in verse 36. Well, verse 35, verse 35. John 18, 35. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Now, I want you to look at the answer very carefully, very carefully. Verse 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now, now this is a very important word there, now, now is critical. But now is my kingdom not from hence. It will be later but not now. And so Jesus has, has said this. He said, go get a sword. It's okay. You need a weapon. But then he turns around and admonishes Peter, put your sword away. Put it down. Why? Because Jesus was destined to go to the cross. He knew his destiny. And when he stood before Pilate, he said, my servants aren't going to fight now. Not now but they will someday. You say, but he, but he didn't say they will someday. No, he didn't. But we have a whole long library of Scripture that says they will fight someday. You know, we've got Revelation 19. We've got Joel chapter 2. We've got Zechariah chapter 14. We've got all kinds of stuff in that Bible that talks about the second advent of Jesus Christ. You know, in fact, I was just studying this week, and I was kind of tinkering around with an idea for a message about events of the Second Advent. One of the ideas that, that I had was tracing the path of the Second Advent. You know, a lot of people have this mistaken idea that Jesus is, you know, based on Zechariah 14, is just going to come down out of heaven through the clouds with his army, land his feet on the Mount of Olives, and boom, like immediately the Battle of Armageddon takes place, and it's all over. Well, that's not exactly the setup. What you have in the Old Testament is a type of the march of Israel out of Egypt into Sinai, from Sinai coming up the king's highway. That's what it was called then, and that's what it's called to this very day, is, is, is presently in Lebanon, crossing the Jordan River, going by Jericho, passing by Jerusalem, and, and meeting adversaries and obstacles along the way. You know, that's all typed in your Bible. It's a wonderful study if you're into that stuff. And if you're into that stuff, you're a total dullard, you know, because you, you've just got to get into that stuff. Because it's so relevant in relationship to what's going on in the Middle East today, 
the main players over there, the, the whole thing. It kind of just you know sucks all that stuff right up into it. So when the Lord returns, he returns in opposition. He meets a great deal of opposition prior to Armageddon, and he's marching up through the King's Highway. Isn't it fascinating, though, that they still call it that today? It's over in Numbers, the, the King's Highway, and it's still called that today. You know, we got off a little bit there. Sorry about that. But uh, Jesus said, put up your sword. Peter, but don't throw it away. Don't take it to the pawn shop because someday, someday you'll need it. Make sense? Now, of course, in that, you know, we think of a physical sword, but when you return with the Lord, he's going to give you a much better sword than a physical sword. Anybody have an idea what that is? For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, you compare that thing and what you're going to be a part of as an army that literally you know, opens your mouth and a flamethrower comes out. And you can pick that up over in Joel. You're going to be a moving, walking flamethrower. And that flame is compared to the Word of God. The Word of God. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Now the last thing I want to show you is dispensational discrepancies. Dispensational discrepancies. Each dispensation, if you study them carefully, there are different doctrines and considerations applied to each dispensation. Man's innocence until the fall, that's one thing. Then from Genesis chapter 3 until the law, Exodus chapter 20, that's another thing. The dispensation of human government. The law right on through to John chapter 1, that's the dispensation of the law. Then you have what I call the age of John the Baptist. It's relatively short-lived, but it's a transition from the law to the church. Then from Matthew 28 to the church, through the church age, there's a dispensation of the church age, the tribulation, the millennium, and eternity. They all have distinctive doctrines. And when you try to take them and you try to put them all together into one pot, do you know what you come up with? You come up with a mess. <laughs> That's what you come up with. You come up with a mess. That's why God said, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. It has to be divided. You have to divide this book. Well, you don't do it. You, you let the Lord do it for you. All right, folks. Well, that's just about it for tonight. Uh, just uh, We're going to wrap this up here in just a quick second. Uh, before we do that, I just want to say one more time, thank you to everybody for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, for so, thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing here. I really do appreciate you guys. I thank you for your prayers. Please continue to pray for us and, and our ministry and our family. And uh, head over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Fill out that web form. Send us over any messages and prayer requests. Look for the Support This Podcast button. And if you can contribute, please do so. We would appreciate it. Folks, thanks again. Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday. And until then, win the lost at all costs. God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.